Greetings, nerds. This is Dana Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> it's not my holiday, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's. I had a few trick-or-treaters. I think I had it. Of course, you know, had had the Spider-Man. It had a bunch of princesses and saw a few bunnies. So I was thinking of like uh, Alice and Batwoman, but mm-hmm. uh, but no Batwoman. No Batwoman. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, I, was, I guess it's too soon. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's only they've only had like seven episodes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I I don't know a coworker of mine, her son, who's I don't know a sixteen. He. Uh, he is Thanos, um, and she made the costume, and nice. <laughs> the way she had him posing, man, I was just like, that is a miniature version of Thanos, and it's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, actually, what, so uh, I, was, I was out of uh, town at a conference in Idaho, of all places, but it's this place called Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and so Saturday night, I had the most, the biggest case of FOMO, because... This place is a big resort, and they have a lake. Uh, it's in like North Idaho, just just over the border, Washington State. And so apparently, people from Spokane and everywhere come in, and it's like they have these huge party boats. Hmm. And so I saw speaking of when I saw, when we mentioned Thanos, I saw Thanos. But I think one of the one of the best costumes I saw uh, when people were going to this the, the parties on the boats was uh, was a depressed Thor. I mean, the guy was a spinning image <laughs> of, of the press Thor, and uh, that's it was... not what we call him. We call him Fat Thor. Yeah, Fat yeah. Thor. I don't know. I was just trying to be nice, but yeah, Fat Thor. Yeah, I mean, but the dude <laughs> looked just like I was like, hey, Fat, what's going on here? <laughs> so that's a long name, Depressed Thor. Like, yeah. oh, that that doesn't roll off the the tongue like Fat Thor does. Yeah, Fat Thor does roll off. Oh. Fat Thor, he, I mean, even down to Molnir, it was just like the dude was just, yeah. I, I had to get props. I was I was kicking myself. I didn't get a picture of it. So, are you watching Batwoman? I am. It's it's like I have to say it's it's my show now. I well, I won't say it's my show show, but <laughs> I I am converted. I I this week really. It, it 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 got me. I'm I'm on, I'm on I'm on board. I'm on board. What now. happened? Like that's uh, I was not expecting that. Yeah. So it was quite honestly uh, Ruby Rose's performance. I think she finally <laughs> finally hit hit the right notes. It's like she was listening to you, and she she changed. They re-edited that episode. <laughs> Is this possible? I don't know. I, I would like to, you know. Uh, my ego would be like, yeah, they listen to me, but uh, I, I think maybe it's just they're finally, finally finding their, their stride. But also, I think it was maybe it was just quite honestly just the, the, the episode itself. I mean, just dealing with identity. Mm. Yeah, classic. I I like this episode. I mixed on, and it's because I really thought it was a smart setup in the opening when you understand um, for for Kate how she she's a person not afraid to be who she is. I mean, mm-hmm. she's out and proud and a mm-hmm. lesbian. Mm-hmm. But now to have a secret and yeah. to feel as if she's suddenly forced back into a 
bat cave, i.e. a closet, mm-hmm. that causes a lot of, um, th- that makes her feel more uncomfortable than being out. And I thought that was really smart. My problem yeah. with the episode, though, is I don't feel like they carried that thread enough throughout the entire episode. That's a fair point. That's Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, it got I, I a bit melodramatic. Yeah, whenever she ran into Sophie, it did get that. That was definitely to me the low, the low weak point. CW, you know, melodrama that really was not necessary. But uh, you know, of course, I knew it was coming. But I, I that that was I, I, for at least for me that was the low point of the episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the whole thing with Sophie, it's classic CW, and it. I don't I don't buy into their relationship. The girl is married to a man. She is she like that takes a lot to forgive somebody to not only break up with you in the way she did, but then to also move forward on that other path and then hide it. Mm-hmm. So so I, I think it, again, is another interesting story point. But it, for some reason, I just want Kate to move on from it. And yeah. not feel so connected to it. It's like that first love where it's it happened, but now it's over. So yeah. get over it. Exactly. And and I really I I liked I did like as usual the sister is the best part mm-hmm. of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like what they're doing. I'm just you know CW oh CW, <laughs> and they never listen to me. So maybe this won't happen. But I just foresee them. I, Mary interacting with Lucas and then it becoming a thing. Yeah. A thing. Where, where, which I think they're going to play into the fact that she's a rich but very smart girl, but also mm-hmm. superficial. Um, a lot of people view, view her in that way. Yeah. While he's like that geeky dork, but very smart and never would imagine she'd beat into him. So they're going to, I think that they might do that. Yeah, I, I can see that. I hope they don't, but uh, they do have a way of bringing their editorial and creative themes into all their shows. So, But, you know, again, I think for me, this episode really, it felt like it was finally starting to develop an identity of its own. Mm-hmm. Basically, by, by, as you perfectly set up, the very fact that Ruby Rose and and also Kate Kane is a very out, proud lesbian, very comfortable with who she is. But then, in a way, it was as you said, perfectly set up, dealing with those issues of being quote unquote in the closet again. But mm-hmm. instead of instead of her sexuality, this time it's being a superhero, and and coming to grips with that. And I think maybe that's and maybe. She, Ruby was drawing on that in her portrayal of the, of of Kate and Batwoman this week, which is why she to me maybe that's why she felt more real and 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 gave a more nuanced and emotionally nuanced performance this week. Yeah, and didn't feel as flat because maybe she was drawn on that her personal experiences that you know to tap into playing this character and dealing with those questions of identity. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the, the writing helped her again. Mm-hmm. Where um, when when she probably read that script, she was like, "Oh, that's brilliant! I love yeah. that!" and yeah. really gave it her all. Yeah. Um. In in comparison to someone who is clearly phoning it in, uh, Stephen Amell on Arrow, 
Um, no, I think Stevens still has some excellent work this season. I, I, I disagree with you on that one. Oh, man. Can you, can you not disagree with me on the fact that in this episode, Thea and him climb a freaking fake mountain mm-hmm. to randomly sit on a ledge for no apparent reason, and then they get off? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was... What the heck was that? I yeah. don't. Un- I I was watching the episode, and then that happened, and I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself. Clearly, I am focused on doing some real work, and I'm just listening. But did I miss something where there was any setup for the point of climbing up that mountain, well, and then having a heart to heart, and then getting off? It was well. I think because uh, Athena and and Talia. Not to disagree with me. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I agree with you in the sense that it was uh, editorially, it did slow down the story. Uh, I mean, the episode was, it was, I mean, overall, I think season eight has been very solid. But I think this one was probably the, so far the weakest episode of the season. Yeah. It just, it was. It felt random. It And you know, um, back when they aired the first episode, I was talking about the parallels to the pilot mm-hmm. and the first season. This felt very much like season three. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of mini stories happening and no real uh, continuity. Yeah. And and a lot of magic, uh, not magic, like when he burns the scroll and then this ball appears, I'm like, WTF, what the yeah. heck was that? This is yeah. this is bogus. Now, to go back to my point about Stephen Amell acting, clearly I just needed a segue, but <laughs> um, his his what he did in that final shot seeing Mia both of them, Kat and him, um, that was perfect. Yeah. And, you know, if I had been paying attention more this season, I would have said, oh, we called that. I am a, I'm still checked out. I mean, I, it is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I just, it's, I, I still stand by my point. The biggest issue with both the Flash and Arrow right now for me is that until crisis happens, mm. I can't really buy into any of these quote unquote stakes. And I can't really, I don't really, I'm not drawn to the struggles of the characters. Oliver's does feel a little bit more tangible because we know he does end up disappearing. He does end up. Um, or, or does he? I mean, or does he? Yes. Or because, does he? Or does he? Because, I mean, when you think about Mia actually being transported back from 2040 to 2019, uh, it obviously was a trick. Uh, one of our one of our listeners, Betty Taylor, at Aunt Betty Taylor on Twitter, was asking me, is, is the, you know, FTA, the future team arrow, is in 2040 with the flashback does that mean the crisis was stopped and if there if our heroes weren't successful there wouldn't be uh 2040 so i mean they they have this paradox that they've built in to this clearly something you know the monitor saved her in that moment to after zoe was killed to to, to bring her back to help oliver with the crisis does that create a new timeline where 
you know, you know, Oliver is successful in in his mission, as you pointed out, where Barry has become resigned to the fact that he's dying. Oliver is still fighting for trying to figure out a way to stop the crisis. Sorry, that was way too much science yeah. and loopholes and parallels yeah. and paradoxes. Paradoxes. Well, do you, do you think that what they're doing on The Flash makes sense this season? Because a lot of it is about Barry's now accepted the fact he's going to quote-unquote die. And now we spend an episode listening to all of the Team Flash members deal with the consequences. Iris seems fine about this, by the way, which I yeah. don't know if I, that is strange. I, I'm kind of glad she's not mopey, but I'm also kind of just like, you realize that's your husband? Like, yeah. love of your life? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. She does seem um, very comfortable with it. I, and I, I want to spend a little bit of time on the Flash here in a sec i just before we move on from arrow i just wanted to mm-hmm. think about your thoughts um as far as what happened at the end of arrow and with bia coming back and and do you think that coming back will be a permanent thing or after a crisis they get sent back to 2040 or do we just exist in this new timeline um I mean, somehow she's got to go back to 2040 because I guess that's when a new show is going to be set. But <laughs> is that for sure? Um, I think, but I, I then again, maybe not. But, but then I've again, been... okay. but, yeah. But then again, maybe not. I mean, maybe because you know, we, when we talked about this last week, we were wondering with the, with the spinoff, assuming it gets picked up for series after it a pilot, um, how how they were going to get uh, Earth to Laurel and. Diana and, and Mia together. So maybe this is how they do it. Yeah, I, well, no, we've seen, it's called makeup. They they can be older actresses on the show. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is, I don't, honestly, I've not even thought about it. I so watched okay. the episode. Yeah. Done. No, I don't, all right. <laughs> it, 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 this, is to be, this is supposed to be Arrowverse hot takes, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> my hot take is it's cool he now gets to interact with his daughter we know that they're going to continue interacting until the crisis and then beyond crisis no i have no idea what's going to happen well i'm not there yet. i have so many other things to be worried about than what happens after crisis <laughs> <laughs> yeah speaking of crisis and barry uh, to pick up on your point about iris and the flash um she is very like very calm and not Mopey, which is, I guess, I mean, she's, you know, this character's been through so much of watching herself getting killed over and over again in season three that maybe by this point, you know, she's just like, hey, been there, done that. I, you know, you know, I, she, she's just emotionally more mature and prepared for it than some of the other members of, of Team Flash. Or maybe she'll have that breakdown moment as we get closer to Crisis. Yeah, I think I think after voicing that opinion that she's likely to have more of a plea the closer it becomes a reality. I think it's still far away from her. Um, she doesn't realize that in the tunnels under Central City is where the Monitor has been doing some stuff. Um, yeah. They covered that through Nash. Uh, yeah. Probably the worst version of Harry we've had yet. No, actually, I don't like. I, I kind of like Nash. I think I'll, he's just 
forgettable at this point. Well, and, and granted, I say that about every Harry when they're first introduced. And then by yeah. the end of the season, I'm like, why do we need a new one? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, I think the I think I know before I said I, I did not think Nash was going to end up being pariah. But with with the things that happened in this episode, in particular, the ending, I and, and the way this show always uh, has their well, you know, the Wells is having ulterior motives and agendas. I, I do think our our intrepid Nash Wells is going to end up being pariah. Hmm. Interesting. One thing I did like about this episode, um, as I was watching it, is is the dynamic between. Are we calling him Doctor Doctor Blood? Is that his uh, name? Blood work. Blood work. So yeah. blood work, and and this drive to continue living, mm-hmm. like against and losing everything, and there's something really interesting about that like when we're talking about mortality mm-hmm. and the desire to continue life and i think that is ultimately what a lot of us are trying to do and and it's it's very it's similar but it's it's different enough where i feel refreshed by it because it's not mm-hmm. about destroying central city it's not yep. about destroying mary allen or the flash mm-hmm. it's it's not a vendetta it's not about money or greed Unless you equate the greed for life um, by taking others. So I, I really thought that was cool, especially as Barry is trying to make Cisco and Joe understand that when when you sacrifice yourself, you are saving others. And it's not really fair for him to to not make that sacrifice when he knows who else is put at risk mm-hmm. um, because it's, it doesn't work that way. You know, some people die and some people live and, and we're all mortals and nobody gets to live forever. So, so I, I really liked that whole plot line. I just wish some of the other stuff, the, the plot line with Ralph mm-hmm. was probably the most distracting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish sometimes, I know they, again, since it's such a large ensemble cast show, they feel like they have to have A, B, and C stories. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I, I wish they could, you know, it's okay if we just have an A and B story. Because. Yeah, preach. It, yeah, it, you don't necessarily have to give everyone a story each week. And I, I agree. I mean, the Ralph, I mean, I, I, I have grown to like Ralph as a character. Um, but I think the. Uh, I think Cisco's dealing with Barry disappearing and other members of the team, you know, it was, it was enough in this episode. We didn't need to have another journey of Ralph doing the same thing um, Mm -hmm. in in this episode. Okay. Did, did, am I, did I hear correctly or did they, did they? I know this episode is probably written months before Joker came out, but mm-hmm. still, there was a line in it where Bloodwork basically said what was said in the Joker movie about my mama always told me that I would save lives yeah. or make <laughs> yeah. the world a better. And as soon as he said it, I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that was that was yeah. <laughs> Which again made me really like the villain. And, yeah. 
and I and I like the the actor is fully committed in this yes. role. And I think that's that's genius. I really like how at first Barry wanted to help him and then realized that this man is the very one who he's trying to hunt. I like that bait and switch. Yep. It's it's kind of interesting. Right now, um blood work and Barry, they like know each other as he as as humans, not as metahumans or anything else. So um, so, you know, I actually, I would probably overall prefer the flash over both Batwoman and Arrow this week. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think the flash it, so far, other than the, other than the season premiere, I'll have to say that the show has, has regained its footing and <laughs> it, it not, and it really didn't take much to not much course correcting to do it. I think having a, a, a new showrunner has help them get that right balance again and and really jesse l martin being back has made tremendous uh dividends for the show i mean the scenes with barry and joe at the end there i mean that was quintessential flash i think the heart of the show that really i think has been missing in the last couple seasons Fair, fair point. And I would have wanted more of that, less of Ralph. Mm-hmm. And not, and again, it's not because I don't like Ralph. I, I am a convert just like everyone else's. And I also, I, I disagree. I don't think that this episode is enough to let me say that they have found their footing. Because I still feel like the first few episodes, it was it's uneven still. I feel like they're still a bit trying to find their voice. And and it's because, just like the characters, the writers also have this crisis mm. over their heads and mm. trying to lead up to it. So yeah. it's something, it reminds me of something Stephen Amell, I think, said in an interview back in, like, season four. Where they're starting to lose their identity the more shows that are created and then they're trying to introduce all these other characters on really focusing on, instead of really focusing on Oliver Queen's journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there, there is something to be said about that where yeah. when you create a universe, suddenly the, the character journeys start to dissipate. Yeah. But see, I feel like this, I, I, I hear your point. I have to disagree with you some, because I feel like, the Flash, again, is about Barry Allen, whereas before, I would agree with you, in seasons three, seasons four and five, it did get too much into the secondary characters and not about Barry. And last season was really, you know, it became a Nora show. Mm-hmm. This season, I feel like the focus is back on Barry because, yes, the, you know, because the crisis is looming and it's been something that has been looming since, quite frankly, season one. And it just got pushed forward. Um, because of various storytelling and narrative reasons. Uh, so I, for me, I, I, I'm enjoying the show again. It's why I, I'm finding the elements about it that draw, drew me to it to begin with. And um, again, I think it's, uh, it has found it, it's getting back to, to finding its footing. And I, and one of the, again, one of the main reasons why I think that is, is Jesse being back and, uh, having those 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 moments that I've been missing between him and Barry, and as Barry finds his footing, Kara, it's just I'm still watching this show. I don't know what it's trying to do this season. Yeah, 
Uh, I, uh, I really, or, or maybe I do, and I just am not engaged, and I'm not finding it relevant. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. This check, as I told you before we started recording, I'm kind of checked out on Supergirl right now. Um, I, I've kind of quickly scanned the episode this week, and really have um, living it through other other people's experiences and reviews. I just, yeah, it's just not resonated with me. I like Black hey. Lightning. Yeah. Hey, hey, I I um I literally today I got home and I started watching Mr. Robot, uh, the latest episode. And uh, about at five o'clock, I'm like, nope, can't do it. Um, watching something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because that was a weird episode. I'm just I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, Elliot, Mr. Robot, Tyrell, all lost going on this crazy journey okay and then dom and this weird sex thing happening and it's like flips back and forth and you're like what the heck is and also the set design one one thing that really irritates me is when i can recognize that there is a set being used Mm -hmm. i'm just like you should have budget to make that more cinematic i mean sam esmail Go back to season one. Your your sets were glorious, and yeah. this is just this is like they they shot on the back lots of Batwoman. <laughs> yeah, this week's episode it was honestly completely forgettable for me. I I I, I watched it didn't didn't yeah I I, I dozed off on it. I was uh, yeah they I, I feel like as much as I love this show and and was so ready for it to come back um this season this season's been a little bit it's been lackluster i have to admit it's i just anytime i watch it i think to myself i'm still focused on being like this is not season one or this is how did we get here or what happened why why does it feel like this is really being drawn out and we're only a few episodes in this season and why don't I care anymore? So I'm while I'm not I'm more thinking about those questions as opposed to really dialing into the show. I'm like yeah. no longer watching the show but more having a, a different experience about like how did my all-time favorite show like get to this point where I'm just trying to get through it and and doing a really bad job um anyways and and it's funny i keep looking at these notes and my yeah. eyes keep getting drawn into black lightning and your bullet point about how lynn is getting addicted to green light i will yeah. admit well i have not watched an episode of black lightning since yeah. the first one yeah. so how and why is lynn of all people addicted to green light so the, the it's it's really this season has been amazing. You know how like last season where we just like just had to watch Supergirl because it was just so good. Yeah. That's how Black Lightning is this season. So you definitely if I you know if you had to adjust your viewing habits, drop Supergirl right now and go to Black Lightning because mm-hmm. the the Freeland's been occupied. So the first few episodes we had Jefferson and the um, pit where you know, basically where the ASA is testing all the metas. So Lynn has become obsessed with trying to 
find a cure to help the, the meta disease as well as the green light disease uh, drug that we were introduced in from in the first season. And so she's just to bring up the speed. Jefferson and Lynn have been able to leave the ASA's facility. They're back in Friedland this episode. So we're seeing the full effects of the occupation of Friedland by the ASA and people's civil rights being violated. Uh, the chief of police is being kicked uh, out of his office. I mean, there's just a lot of different things going on. And at the end of the episode, Odell. So Lynn is like obsessed about this one particular patient that she's treating. And she's just getting literally physically and mentally just worn out. Jefferson's trying to help her and she's just not taking it. And so at the end of the episode, we learned that Odell has been giving her subliminal messages each time she's looking at a tablet or a screen or something like that. Take green light, take green light. And, and earlier in the episode, she tested a, a sample of the cure on herself to see if it would work. And it's, this cure had had small traces of, of the drug in there. So that's how they're getting her uh, turned on to the drug. And then the other thing that Odell is doing to pull the, the, the puppet to being the puppet master is he is um, the youngest daughter of, of, of Jefferson's youngest daughter is getting sympathetic to the op- occupation hmm. by hmm. and o- Odell is like, and so there's a great scene in the classroom with all of all of the high school students talking uh, about occupations and um, and events in history where um, you know military is taken over and that kind of thing. And and Odell sends her a, 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 an encrypted video of you know what's going on what's going on in Markovia. Mm-hmm. And she's begins to become sympathetic to it. And then by the end of the episode, he is like recruiting her to just basically do his bidding. Right. So it's a right. lot of good just elements in, in this season that, uh, again, people should not sleep on the show. It's really, really good. There's just way too much TV. It's way know? too much. Yeah, You know, and, and I, I agree after hearing all of that, maybe I should switch it up. And and it's it's not like I've never just just stopped watching a season of Supergirl, um, season one, season three. The, <laughs> yeah. You know, now that I think about it, it feel like they're hit and miss every other season. Mm. Every other season works. Every other season, I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, because, and, and I don't know if people realize that beyond, for both of us, beyond this show, we watch so many other things. Yep. Like, I am actually really liking Stumptown. I've been trying. Will be small. Yeah, it's that was one of those ones that it was on my list to check out this season. I haven't had a chance to do it yet, but I, I do want to check it out. And and I don't know why I was actually I gave up on Mr. Robot and I turned that on, and it's it's like an extended sitcom, where it has a lot of the sitcommy elements, and um, but it's not procedural. I, I would argue it's not per- procedural because guess. they they don't they don't hit the same beats every episode. However, it's really focused on these these um, three, arguably four, main characters, and and it's just each. And I noticed I was just watching this episode, 
where it felt like it could be a season finale. And I'm thinking to myself, why are they doing this now? Mm-hmm. Like this is the this is the arc. Mm-hmm. And and yet every every scene there was a little nod at a potential next thir- uh, story thread that they uh. could pull. Um, because these characters are still new and fresh and they have a lot of history um, that is not connected to each other, mm-hmm. which is, I think, key to explore. And I, I don't know. I think I also find myself drawn to it because it's something different from what has been on my rotation for the last few years. Yeah, yeah. And it's good to change it up. It's good to change it up. And there's you're right. There's a lot of a lot of tv out there uh, fresh takes on old ideas new things that the idea factory has turned out so yeah i think it, it is good to, to mix it up um even 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 though as as this week we got a lot of news about hbo max the uh berlanti empire dc empire continues to grow yeah <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why are they doing Superman and Lois? I just I don't know why they're doing that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that one. I and I know I was having some interactions with some folks on, online this week about about that and is it necessary and how does that fit in with Supergirl and every and 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 also just the simple fact that the CW is getting kind of crowded. Kind of crowded. It's well, it's crowded. very. It's very crowded. Yeah. Call the freaking fire marshal. Get get some of those superheroes removed from the premises before yeah. we just turn on the alarms and get right. them all evicted because it is it is way overcrowded and arguably just this genre is starting to get overcrowded. It is. That yet I try everything, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. because you never know when a damn Doom Patrol is gonna just drop in your lap oh, and be yes. like, "Where have you been all my life?" In that therapy episode, still to this day. It, uh, yeah, I tell people that that one that that, that episode just resonates with me, and I, I, yeah, it still stands out for me as the best series in this genre for for 20, 2019. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I need from these other shows. I need a therapy episode which pulls me back and is like, this is brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm so glad that it was not only renewed from what I heard and what I saw online this week for season two, but season three as well. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think I did see that. I did see that. I know. Um, yeah, and the other thing is they'll be airing it on both DC Universe and HBO Max, which will give it a, a much wider audience the opportunity to, to watch this show. Watch it. They're, the first few episodes, I will admit, not the best. But you get to that therapy episode. You start, you just hold on mm-hmm. to Jane and mm-hmm. you hold on to Mr. Robot. <laughs> Robot Man. Robot Man. Yeah. And, and, and you... And you Listen to us when we say you will meet perfection. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you will indeed. So, so honestly, it is. It's funny how I sit here and I complain. Like, there's so many things to watch. There's so much going on with my normal TV shows, and yet I have probably 
I've watched the latest Shane Dawson YouTube doc series, The Beautiful Life of Jeffree Star. For the past month, I watch every episode that they drop. A bit inconsistent with the dates and times, but I always watch it. And then I rewatch and I rewatch and I rewatch. And they finally aired the last segment. I love this. This 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 is so cool what they did. Um, I don't know if people are familiar or will if you're even familiar with who Shane Dawson is or even Jeffrey Star for that matter. Was Jeffrey Star the? Is he the makeup? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. Because I remember a story. Oh gosh, about a, a few weeks ago or maybe a month or so ago about didn't he have a falling out with someone else? I can't remember oh, the name. Like five billion people. From what okay. I understand, okay, so yeah, he, yeah. he's not he's, afraid of conflict. Yeah, because is he like didn't like build up his brand through the inter- through YouTube? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Shane Dawson did, and okay. and I guess I guess Jeffrey did too. But Jeffrey's also he he he's always been a fan of of the beauty world, and he started his own company I think in 2014, mm-hmm. and then it kicked off last year. Shane Dawson did a series about him because a lot of people have um, have voiced their opinions about Jeffrey Star mm-hmm. and believe him to be a a monster. And so Shane wanted to see if that was true. So he did this this lovely series um, that you can find on his channel. I've watched it. Um, it is surprising where it goes. And and during it there there's a pitch where uh shane comes in and and they said okay pitch me your makeup idea mm-hmm. and that's where conspiracy came from uh. and which and it and it didn't even occur to shane dawson that a year later he would he would be launching his his own makeup palette his own lipstick or anything and and this is why i love this series so much is it is titled The Beautiful Life of Jeffree Star. This is the first Shane Dawson series that I think is more about Shane Dawson than anything else. Hmm. Because it is it is the underdog. Shane Dawson is like a the the Rudy on YouTube. Wow. Where okay. he, yeah. there there's something so genuine about him where he had no he doesn't realize how much he has 21 million subscribers, right, and yet right. he doesn't think anybody's going to care about a makeup line. And so now that he realizes it, and he has Jeffrey, who's like pushing him, mm-hmm. and it's going to explode. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do. Now that you bring this up, I, I, I do remember seeing this, and I, I mean, it was one of those things. that's kind of oddity, you know. I was like, oh, here, you know, another YouTube star, blah blah blah. So I didn't like it as I didn't. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I didn't follow it much more after I saw that initial blow up, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I will have to go back and, and check this out a little bit deeper now. It's just really impressive what they're able to do. Time, budget, and the editing is so cool. I I simply rewatch it because I love how they edit together. Um, it's shot over the course of months, mm. and they 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 do it. They tell it in a way where they know how to build tension. They know how to build climax, and. Uh, 
Um, so it's a bit choppy, but you're you're really you're really seeing an evolution of not only a product but of a person. And and a person who we all know is a genuine and nice guy mm-hmm. and who deserves to win. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the series, when you see that come full circle, that's the beautiful life. Like like knowing that you can come out victorious on that and actually and that's what I love so much about it. Because I've I've been watching his series um probably now for a year and and yet this this is the first time where I really felt like we were getting it wasn't Shane Dawson exposes this person it wasn't or lives the day in the life of this person or understands this person it was more about him and who how he sees himself and how others view him and really coming coming to terms with that hmm. That's fascinating. Was the was the 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 was it was it James Charles or something controversy? Was that in 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 this? So so it was alluded that if you watch the trailer for the series, it's alluded that it's a part of it, but it's not. Okay. They mention James Charles. They don't mention the scandal. Okay. Okay. Which I was kind of disappointed because I was hoping for some tea on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, and that's that, and that was the, the the controversy I was I was referencing earlier uh, with Jeffrey Star was was that. But huh? Okay. Well, that's dis that's disappointing. But I st- it still s- sounds pretty fascinating. Oh, I love it. I, I I really do. I think this is the best one yet too. Um, just in terms of production mm-hmm. and what they did with their editing choices. Um, they they did make one mistake though. Um, episode two, they play a song. Same song is again used in the last episode. Just saying. I think that's a mistake. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So in other in other TV watching, uh, we got the second episode of Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? Um. Sorry, I just went on a full tangent. I was hoping that you could give me. <laughs> <laughs> can we do your thoughts first because i need to like take some yeah. deep breaths yeah yeah you could yeah i'll i'll jump in here so i i, I really like this episode uh and i'm liking this series uh it it takes i think the open went with the the in world war one where they have the uh germans uh, try to, to turn the uh, soldiers, uh, African American soldiers, against America and questioning what is democracy and mm. and all the all the um, things that uh, the propaganda that they were using, which uh, again this it was based all this opening was based off something that really did happen, right. and that's and that's what I'm really liking about the show is that. It's taking things that happen in our universe and then uh, using them in that universe, alternate universe that, that the Watchmen show is based in, and, and really using it as an opportunity to really tell tell a tell a story, uh, a very right. a very hard and uncomfortable story for some people to watch, just based off of you know how folks just get just batshit crazy 
uh, watching the show on Twitter, but um, but that's Twitter. But it, but it's, it, that means it's resonating, and it and it's it is causing people to think. And so I that was a very I, I liked the way they were doing that. I, I liked how they did confirm that Will was indeed the kid um, in, in the from the last episode. Yep. Yeah. Um, that that was definitely confirmed for us, and and then uh, just you know the way that they um, used this as an opportunity to deepen both Will and Angela's story, uh, her backstory, and we see what happened during the uh, the I guess was it the White uh, White Night what was the White Night Rebellion when the Rorschachs went and killed all the police officers. I don't, I don't know what they call it, but yeah. um, it, it was Christmas and it ca- yeah. caught me off guard too, because they transitioned it to make it appear as if it was present day when exactly. it was really the flashback. The yeah. Smart move, smart yeah. move. You, yes. you catch your viewers off guard and if they're really paying attention, they'll quickly shift and be like, Oh, this is a flashback. Yeah. It's a flashback. And also how to use the hooded justice as a way to sort of narrate, his story, and then uh-huh. used it, uh, you know, as a way to uh, tell Angela's story as well, as far as being the masked hero. And and I really like what you're talking about in terms of the opening, because last week I mentioned how are they going to end every episode with that allusion to that classic image of the yellow smiley face with the blood on it? Mm-hmm. No, they aren't. But what they are doing. And what I'm curious to see if they do again next week is a history lesson. Yeah. Every episode opens up with a history lesson that's mm-hmm. connected to the, these characters, specifically Will. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's the common thread here, where, and 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 then the the and then it brings you to present day, and it's still normal. And I think this show also has this ability where. The the longer it goes on, the longer the the episode goes on, the stranger things start to be. You know, it's yeah. it's almost like they're not gonna. They don't want to be loud in your face. They no. almost want to pull you in and say and and ground you in historical mm-hmm. facts. Yep. And then bring you into this other version of our reality. That that is really smart and clever. Yeah. And again, it is a slow burn. This it is. is not a fast show, but it also is not spoon feeding things. No, no, it's definitely doesn't spoon feed things. Uh, and 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 I, and I like they have flipped things. For example, Nixonville. Whenever the police, so we had the you know Judd be very brutally murdered. I mean, it was a lynching. I mean, for for all intents and purposes. And instead of, you know, and, and again, it, it was because, but then, even though he was brutally murdered that way, the questions become, as far as with through Will, is, is he good? Is he evil? Because, and, 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 and you know, and telling Angela to, you know, look in the closet. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and Angela took it literally. So she found a way to go to the house, and then she discovered, looking at at the, uh, you know, after she feigned her collapse, found you know, searched the room and found his old, found a clan outfit, 
which, you know, the cavalry basically seems to be that world's version of the clan. Which is the very thing I did not want to happen after we were raving last week about how they made the smart decision and not reveal him to be working with the clan. Or is he? he, he, Well, we'll see. That's what I was thinking. I was like, did they really do that? Or is it, 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 or is it something he inherited from his, because there does tend to be a legacy. They keep showing a, a photo specifically um, of what appears to be his father, grandfather. And so there might be some inheritance. So maybe it isn't. But a part, a part of me is also like, why the heck would you put that? Like, I don't I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I it, it still bummed me out. Like, okay. I don't know what they're going to do with it. But it kind of was was a point in the episode where I just stepped back and I'm like, hmm. I, I like calling things, but I, I really didn't want them to go there with that character or that relationship, to be frank. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that, that, at least in the pilot and, and her reactions, you know, when it had the flashback, when she was uh, assaulted in her home and he came to her, it was, it was at her bedside uh, when she was in a hospital recuperating and, you know, the deepening of their relationship. And, you know, it was almost like father, daughter, mentor, mentee, that type of, you know, the strong bond that they had. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you see that and you're just like, Oh no. I mean, is there anything in this world, like clear black and white and other than the race? And it's like, no. And I think that's what's so, that's what's so compelling about this show is that, Every there's no clear hero and villain. It's a lot of shades of gray. I mean, you see the police reaction in Nixonville where they just go in and just start ransacking a place and brutal beating up people. You know, so you had a police brutality. And wait a minute, aren't these supposed to be our protectors? Mm-hmm. Well, and to go off of that point, you have Will, old man. And has uh, has a lot of roots in this town and in this town's history, and yet his dad wrote on that note, "Protect this boy." And I always thought that was weird, like like in a in a way that just the the lettering and there was something about that where I'm like, I understand, son, yeah, protect this boy, but but it's he didn't say my son. Maybe that's it. Protect yeah. this boy. And so there was something very like, is why and 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 also is there something else not knowing? So so as the episode goes on, it becomes much more um, not is Will good or bad, but also who is Will? Right. Where? Why is he here? Why? Why now? And what is his connection to all of this? And where? Where does he come from? And and by the end of it. Like again, the brilliant move to have him be sucked out, <laughs> yeah, sucked up, and have and I higher places. <laughs> apparently, yeah. um, was it Doctor Manhattan? Was it someone else? But but clearly, he he knew. Like, and there there's something that actor who's playing him, perfect casting. Love oh, that Lewis, actor. Oh, Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's doing really good. I I, I really like that mysterious grandpa kindness yet also mischievousness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. and it's played perfectly so by the end of it i'm just like yep yep that's that's what you do next you, you, it's again it's not black and white it's not 
it's not, is he human or is he not human? It's more like, who is he? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we do get a little bit of death, a little bit of answers to that question. And then with the red, red predations, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a very ingenious way that they, that they use the, use that to establish that he and Angela, um, are, uh, our grandfather, granddaughter, uh, you know, having the DNA testing, you know, it was, it was showing her using her police skills, um, to, to figure that out and him just, you know, obviously being at the scene of the, of Judd's murder, uh, it just seemed very, yeah. I mean, all these little threads definitely are, are, are building us to something. And, 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 and also, um, we can't, you know, not talk about, uh, 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 us, uh, not the Keen. Keen was, was the, the center son, but, uh, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons character. Yeah. Uh, can we not talk about that plot line? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was pretty weird. Yeah. It's, it's, it continues to be the weakest part of these episodes for me. Well, I think it links, you know, it does link back, you know, it, it, to your point, as you said earlier, uh, we're going to get an original, we're going to get characters from the comics and, and each episode. So this one, again, reinforces that Dr. Manhattan will eventually return to Earth from Mars. Uh, but the other character that uh, was, was introduced this week uh, from the comic was a Hood, Hood of Justice. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and uh, one of the linkages that, um, HBO apparently has put out a, a, little, a little companion piece you can go online to to fill in some of the Nerd. blanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but even in story, they note that um, you know whenever he was introducing himself, uh, he mentioned his name was uh, uh, Mueller, Mueller, at Rolf. And so one of the little nuggets that uh, the story. Uh, notes is that this the, the type the lady who was fluent in English typed the note in the uh, the propaganda letter may um, have some you know the connections between that and then the connections back tra- traces back to Will because his father ended up getting that piece of propaganda so uh, there is some linkages between Hood of Justice and Will through through that and how how they explore that may or may not happen in the series but again it all these characters are just interrelated somehow and and i, and I like that and i like how they're building this world um in, in the watchman yeah you know more about the characters than i do and i i i still there's something about that that whole storyline that it's not connecting for me um, and it's also because I don't know um, as much about Watchmen from the books or the stories or the movie. Um, well, see, it doesn't I, feel as connected. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, but see, that's that's what I like about this show. It, it, you, you could, you can see. I'm not like a, a diehard Watchmen. Not you know. I mean, my my knowledge of of it is. is read it once years ago and just basically you know getting back up to speed i just you know quick quick google search you know but the thing i like about this series is you you can if you're you can enjoy it either way 
So I'm not so that I don't feel like a sacrilege what they're doing and seeing some of the review bomb mean that is going on out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you can still come to it very clean and not knowing much about the series. Um, and yeah, you know, you may miss a few Easter eggs here and there, but it's still overall enjoyable experience for just the things we were talking about this evening, you know, bringing use, you know, basically being a history lessons, as you said, production alone. I mean, production, that's really what I like about the show. And now that I think about it, it reminds, it has a very similar quality to the handmaid's tale. Mm. Because Handmaid's Tale does a very similar thing where in how they design the production, it feels like Gilead is a part of our world, Mm -hmm. yet there are subtle changes. And just, I mean, the Handmaid's outfit alone is its not subtle. It's like, bam, this is not the world, you know it. But still, there's other things that they do to twist it and to twist that reality. And so the... The, the production value, again, just floors me with some of the shots and the images. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get over seeing police officers fully fully in their uniforms and then with the mask. Yeah, yeah. That, that, there's just something about that that really is beautiful and, and so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Uh, especially given, you know, we... In, in story and we get introduced to that this week with the defensive police act uh, how they got to be masked with the exception of their supervisors and and is how beautiful yeah how how they are the ones that can be the masked vigilantes even though they have the power of law being a law enforcement officer mm-hmm. uh, uh, i mean the only the, my the one flaw of this episode was there was no Mr. Panda. No, I know Mr. Panda. I missed the Panda. I was hoping to see him like roll up in there whenever they were taking down Nixonville. <laughs> I was so ready for him to drive up, get off the car, and be the idiot to start the riot and the fight. Yep. And and I would just be like, classic panda. Yep. <laughs> classic panda. <laughs> but yeah. but I, I do have to say, keep in mind Every episode, I'm going to be on the lookout for Panda. I am going to be looking forward to, yeah. Yeah. Don't need, don't need to be in Bates. Uh, don't need to be in, in, in Azumi uh house as much. I'm looking forward to Panda. Yeah, yeah. It's Panda Watch 2019. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for us tonight, Will. Yeah. Happy Halloween again. Why Happy. don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk on Twitter. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. You can find me at Twitter at S-J Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>